Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to The Chosen Ones and Other Tropes, where I ask two published authors about their favorite tropes and the ones that make them want to cry. Unless it's a secret sibling, which probably is. Um, <laughs> that's oh, it all makes sense now. It's like, no, no it no. doesn't. It makes less <laughs> sense. I have more questions. Well, some, some people would argue he's the hero of Lord of the Rings. But... <laughs> some people being. <laughs> and it made you sad. The total opposite made you sad. Man, it is so bleak. I was reading it and I was like, damn, this girl's like, like... You're going to make a lot of enemies on the internet. Like that. <laughs> Wait, okay, let's start recording. And we're back with a wonderfully cliched trope, the predetermined happily ever after that so many female characters are often forced into. After all the build-up, development, and mighty feats, their arc concludes in having babies and settling down, which is fine, sometimes. Maybe. Naomi, what do you think? So I agree, it's fine sometimes, but generally it doesn't work. And I think you often find that it comes at the end of a trilogy where maybe the author is trying to give the reader like this little glimpse of the future and how everything's happy and um, the female character is um, doing okay. But often the way that they present that and the way that they show that that female character is okay is if they're married and or have children. And it just seems quite reductive to me the fact that you often get these female characters who are, you know, taking down the patriarchy or generally saving the world. Um, and then, but that's, and then to like give them children at the end means it's like a comment about the fact that actually they're not fulfilled yet, but now they are. Now they have children, yeah. they're fulfilled. And mm-hmm. that just kind of like, yeah, it just kind of pisses me off a bit. Um, <laughs> so it's okay sometimes, but yeah, generally it's not for me, I don't think. <laughs> What do you think, Melissa? Well, um, I was thinking a lot about this because um, I am, and just prepare yourselves for the shock because it's pretty horrifying what I'm about to tell you, but I am <laughs> a woman in her 30s in a cishet relationship that isn't married. I know. Everyone oh, take a breather. I, I can't <laughs> believe it. Pretty horrifying. <laughs> what is even the point of me? Um, but um, this sort of thing always does make me think about it because as Naomi says, especially at the end of a series, it always reminds me of, there's a bit in Friends where they talk about Bambi, spoilers, Bambi's mum dying <laughs> and why it doesn't upset Chandler. And Chandler mm-hmm. says, oh yeah, I was really upset when the guy stopped drawing the deer. <laughs> and it makes me think of the exact same thing. It's like, oh, we've got to end of this story and these teenagers are still teenagers and we're basically essentially <laughs> killing them off from your lives because we're pulling them away from you after three years, five years, seven years of re- sending out these books so we're going to show you them in the deep and distant future so you can imagine when you grow up you can be just like them especially in YA if you yeah. are like a young adult reading it you're yeah like, well, yeah one day I'm going to grow up like Katniss and have two unnamed children it's going to be great um <laughs> so I, I do understand why they do it and I like I think there is a small defense there of trying to give closure and yeah. there's lots of ones like I think we were talking before we started like Harry Potter does it as well and lots of things where it's a mm. long series and they try and give you closure afterwards with a big epilogue so you know 
I understand why they do it, but I was also thinking, um, funnily enough, I was watching House of the Dragon yesterday and I was reading that in the books, which have been out for a while, so I'm not even going to say spoilers, um, that when Rhaenyra, who is being shown in the TV show and she's the princess who's going to be hopefully become the queen one day. It's, the one, it's the one book, right? Just to, just to, Yes, that one's just one it's, book. It's the like um, textbook style faux history of... Yes, yeah. 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 And apparently when she is a teenager, she's known as the delight of the realm, which is mentioned in the show and she's a beautiful actress that plays her. Um, but when she is married and starts having lots of children... Um, in the book, she's described as getting really overweight and, um, oh, they call us all sorts of horrible things, like the Horn of Dragonstone, I believe is one of them. It's something like that. Um, and it's awful. Whereas in the TV show, another very beautiful actress plays her when she's older and they don't do that. And it made me think about this trope of having children and is it like, oh, they've lost their innocence now, so they're not as interesting yeah, to us anymore. And that's yeah. also the reason you've got to the end of this book. They're not interesting anymore. There's no more love triangles. She's not desirable anymore. She's had kids. Don't worry about it. Close the book. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. I mean, obviously, I'm talking about a, one book that was made into a TV series. So they're going to continue it. And they have made mm -hmm. her still, quote unquote, pretty when she's older. So it's a little bit different but yeah i don't know i just feel a little bit like especially in ya or if you have a character that is having a coming of age storyline her coming of age storyline does not need to be then she has children so let's now finish the story because yeah. that's the end of the story she's had a child so we don't need to know anything else and i don't like that yeah <laughs> it's, it's funny you mentioned game of thrones because i was thinking yeah. about as one of the like conversely uh like this is done in a different way things that i was thinking about for this things especially is yeah in in the game of thrones television series because in the books very quickly it becomes all the characters become very different and make very different choices yeah but sansa in the television series i think is really interesting as a total like flipped on its head version of this trope where she starts off season one oh, yeah, as the does. girliest of girls who wants yeah. to marry joffrey i think she even says something along the lines of uh, I, I want to marry him so that I can give him beautiful blonde babies. Yeah. Almost like, it's almost like so far gone that it's like she's giving up her her entire identity to just be folded into his. Mm -hmm. And and then through her character arc, and this is in the television series because I know in the books it, they merge a lot of characters into her character because there's too many characters in the books for a television series. Um, in the TV series, she does end up getting what she wants yeah. Not at all in the way she wants to, obviously. Much death and, and gross things happen. But she does end up marrying Joffrey. Um, and then through that experience of being broken down and then get handed, handed I think she gets handed on to Littlefinger and then more broken down. But then coming through the other side, she's sort of hardened, ruthless, smarter. And now, now you see a character which is in such total opposition to yeah. the one we met at the start, which I thought was a really interesting way of that highlighting that trope and then being like, nah, this is I think it was, it was <laughs> done well this. as well, I thought. Yeah. Mm. But if we're talking about the, the 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 ones where they do it, and like let's go back to what we were talking about just now with epilogues. And mm -hmm. YA does it so much. Mm -hmm. They do it because I mean, I mean it's not an epilogue in Twilight, but it's like, you know, it kind of ends that way. Uh Red the Red Rising trilogy does it with uh the sort of strong female character in that, Virginia, who he mm -hmm. knows as Mustang. And at the end, it's like, and your arc concludes with have babies and, and, and that kind of thing. Katniss, as you guys mentioned. I want to talk about Harry Potter for a second. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't think Harry Potter's is so egregious. We mentioned that 
as a tr- as a trip as with like so many of these trips we talk about they're okay if done well and it fits the character yeah i don't think it's um and i think no one can get it out of their heads the last scene of the of the final movie where they try to age all the actors up and it's just <laughs> not the best but um the way that they i don't think it's against any of their character arcs that they had um you know that they got married i mean they they kept it a bit in the family but that they got married and had kids mm-hmm. i think i think it works for harry especially um because yeah. he is sort of fundamentally tied to the love of his parents as a character yeah. and the others uh like ron and hermione i'm like yeah whatever sure but the interesting one for me and we joked about this the other day when we were <laughs> talking about what trope we were going to do is is malfoy yeah and who also uh, and 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 there's like a very awkward shot of him at the end of harry potter with his family um and also coincidentally has a child starting at hogwarts the same, <laughs> the same year, year. As, <laughs> as harry and Ginny's and Ron and Hermione's like did they did they have a WhatsApp group or something did they yeah, coordinate this <laughs> anyway I, like I think that as an arc for him even though he's such a side character mm-hmm. that you, you never really see it develop that is such an interesting conclusion to his arc yeah because of his complex relationship with his mother and his father and the way that he was kind of brought up as part of the the family brand yeah. I guess they're like it's almost and and I know that we're trying to focus on them doing this to female characters but you know if if they if Malfoy was gender flipped which I don't think would affect the story in any, any way whatsoever mm-hmm. I think that would be a really really good conclusion to that arc as a character yeah mm. it, it kind of implies for him that he's found happiness because he was quite deeply unhappy in the last few books yeah yeah um, so you're kind of almost you're right it's it's funny like that they're all coinciding at the same time they all have children <laughs> the same year. yeah and it's, that's slightly ridiculous but the fact that yeah as a character he's found happiness and he's okay now that you're right that is good closure for him because it works for him right because it, it he, does work yeah i mean i'd watch the hell out of a, a sequel to harry potter where it was focused on Malfoy and it was about him regretting his school days everything that happened and then it manifests in him becoming like such a loving and protective father yeah (laughs) Yeah. like for his whole family that would be amazing and I think it would it it makes so much sense with his Mm. arc as well it'd be beautiful isn't that part of the um cursed child plot though the cursed child yeah yeah, so it's about Malfoy's family and he's trying to protect them and he has to ask Harry to use the time turner and his abilities as an aura to save his family and it's about his child being lured over to the dark side and Voldemort and yeah Uh, that's what it's about so that's a great arc for him I love that yeah Yeah. that's cool yeah so it does continue exactly what I guess we're supposed to take from it which is quite interesting I was thinking about um when they have, um, say, a baby in the middle of something. So obviously when it's a book series that has been written and you know there's going to be a last one or when it's a film mm. um, and it's a trilogy or something. But um, I've also been catching up because the first episode of the last half of the last season of the whatever it is of The Walking Dead has just started. And in that, they have um, a romantic pairing with Glenn and Maggie that they start off in season two. And they're basically the romantic pairing through the whole series. They're the ones that would die for each other and you know they, they do all these different things and obviously I'm not going to give too many spoilers in case anyone wants to catch up because they're just finished wrapping everything up. Uh, but I will say that they do get married, quote unquote. Now it's the apocalypse and there's not like an official ceremony. 
but they start referring to each other as husband and wife after Glenn takes a ring off a walker. And they just always refer to each other as, oh, my wife, oh, my husband, even though they met afterwards. And then they also have a baby and there's a whole uh, part of the plot where we find out Maggie's pregnant and one of the other characters, Abraham, is saying, right, so what happened there then? Must have been an accident, right? Because obviously you wouldn't have a baby in the zombie apocalypse. And she says, no, it was planned. And it's really interesting. And it's basically about how it was her decision and Glenn wasn't sure and she wanted to have a baby. And it happens in the middle. I think it's about season five-ish. And we're on season 11B, something like that. Or really 11D. It's very complicated in the last bit. Um, <laughs> it just goes out the window. I didn't understand um, the coding system. You're using. <laughs> it is a lot. Um, yeah, so she has this baby um, that then grows up and becomes a child, a great child actor who plays Herschel, um, Churchill Jr., named after her father. And it's a whole thing that happens in the middle of the series and she becomes a very protective mother. And I guess that does change her from how she's originally. However, she was always sort of a maternal character. And because it was her choice to have a child and it wasn't in the most traditional circumstances as a lot of these other things end up being, this person's a real rebel, they're a badass female, and then suddenly they go super, super traditional. It is man and woman and I had natural baby and that is what happened. Um, And we had, um, there was a marriage and I'm wearing a ring, so you know that was traditional. And this wasn't, and I think that works really well, actually. So maybe that is a time when it works and it's okay, but it was also in the middle. So we can keep seeing her after motherhood. It's not just a quick glimpse of a baby or a quick glimpse of a child going to boarding school. So guess what? Bye, son. Yeah. See you later, said Harry and Ginny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to have to look after him until Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. They they really gloss over like, it's hard having a, having a baby. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not all the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back, and this week we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney. Make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Todd. Another time I think it works actually um, is in Bridgerton season one with mm-hmm. Daphne and the Duke because so Daphne is like she's young. How old is she supposed to be? She's she's, she's just come of age. She's maybe twenty one. I would say. Yeah. Okay. So she's she's very young and um you know she's desperate for a child, staff family because she's grown up in this big family and she has had a had parents who loved each other and so she believes in marriage and she believes in family. Um, and it's it's almost kind of the reverse in that she tries to force fatherhood onto the duke because he's <laughs> he's had the opposite experience he hasn't had a good upbringing he hasn't really had a family um and he's kind of running away from it because he thinks it's the worst thing in the world and he doesn't know how to do it because he doesn't have a good example and it's almost like she tries to force it on him um and in the end obviously they have a child and um you're kind of like generally pleased for them both because he's got over his issues Mm. um and she's got what she wants and the whole thing the whole season was about marriage and about children and and it yeah. ends it ends with the with those things and you like it works because they made it a part of the story it's not just the fact that she is fulfilled because she has these things it's the fact that she wanted them anyway yeah um, and it's like written into it and um the duke is like this complex guy she has to convince her 
help her out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it's not that like I'm saying. So for, it's very, very valid life goal to have children, get married, be in a solid, stable relationship. Like I'm yeah. not saying that at all. Mm. Um, so I see what you mean. Like there, we have an example of somebody where that is their goal and mm-hmm. they achieve their goal, and that's yeah. great because it's obviously that's part of the romance genre and i know that um i have a friend who writes romance and she always says it has to have an hea happily ever after and obviously daphne gets her happily ever after so that totally works and shows that if that is what you want i know obviously it's a regency piece so obviously there's not a lot of options for daphne arguably however if that is what she wants and you're right she's from a huge family and they're really really happy i think there's six siblings and because there's six Mm -hmm. books i think that's right Mm -hmm. Unless it's a secret sibling, which probably is. Um, <laughs> that sort of thing. Like, yeah, no, I think I work, yeah, no, I totally agree. That works really well for Daphne. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, do you want to hear about a time the author completely decided to go against it, which I thought was really funny? Okay. Um, so there's this book called Tender Morsels. I don't know if either of you have heard of it. No. It's like maybe mm. 10 years old. It's written by Margot Lanigan. And it's kind mm. of this dark fairy tale uh, retelling of Snow White. Um, and this teen girl is like sexually assaulted by several men and ends up pregnant. And she basically runs off into the woods to raise her child. Oh and God. I know. <laughs> and like throughout all of it, there's this one guy who's kind of kind to her and treats her nicely. And by the time her daughter is like 18, the man is single and looking for a new wife. And this woman uh-huh. has like been in the woods raising her child, getting over her assault. And like, um, she's, she's kind of learning to love again and she's totally in love with this man and the book like sets it up where you're desperate for a happy ending for this poor soul and you want her to marry this man and have her HEA but like instead um, it's like a comment on how fickle men are and sorry Jamie (laughs) (laughs) and um, the man like actually ends up marrying her daughter because she's young and it's like what we were saying before about how because this woman this girl is now a woman and she's got a child she's not desirable anymore um but this so he goes for her young daughter instead who's 18 who is the picture of like perfection and she's beautiful and she's like what um you know what every every girl wants to look like kind of thing and so he goes for her instead and it's like it's such a bitter pill to swallow as a reader but in the <laughs> end you're like you're kind of like okay so that like it's just a comment on real life like actually there can't ever sometimes there isn't ever a happy ever after for like a lot of people <laughs> oh and like so why should um that kind of thing be forced on people and why should we why should that be represented as the happy ever after when actually it's not like that like people might get married and have babies and it doesn't work out you know right yeah um, so it's it, i thought that was like an interesting it's like the total opposite of the trope <laughs> yeah yeah um, and like, it made you sad it, the total opposite bleak, made you sad man it is so bleak i was reading it and i was like damn this girl's like had a hard life but i thought it was just an interesting comment on on the trope so that's when did this book come out oh that's like 10 years ago yeah so who did it first that book or Stephanie Meyer? Ooh, Stephanie Meyer, I believe. She was maybe 20, two, uh, 2006, 2007. And it still freaks me out, the whole concept of imprinting yeah. on an unborn baby. It's, it's not right, that. <laughs> In fact, doesn't he imprint on the preconceived no, baby? D- 
Like but it's before he's, she's he's even pregnant. Just as she's born, though, isn't it? It's arguable though, because in the books, when which book is it? Is it the is it the fourth one or the third one where Jacob gets his own chapters and he's talking about this <laughs> and he's like, oh, you know, I I know I love her and it could be imprinting, but I know it's not quite imprinting and I can't work out why I'm so obsessed with her if I'm not imprinted. Basically, so weird. So it kind of is like maybe the egg. <laughs> <laughs> so and then bizarre. afterwards he says, oh, it all makes sense now. It totally makes sense why I was so obsessed with Bella. And so, it, it, yeah, I think it's arguable that he kind of knows he will imprint on her kid. I like, I like how you're like, oh, it all makes sense now. It's like, no, no it no, doesn't. It just makes less sense. <laughs> more questions. They have an example of that, though, of, of another werewolf imprinting on a young girl. And he's just, I think it's in one of the other movies. And Yes, um, it's very briefly mentioned in one of the yeah, movies. Yeah, and like you just see this like grown man standing next to this little girl at the beach. And it's like, yes. dude, yes, like, that's not so okay. Weird. And they kind of imply, because I think even then they were thinking, how are we going to tackle this in the final movie? Let's not tackle that today. Let's yeah. keep that can down the road and they just kind of point it out don't they doesn't have to be romantic he says and points out this incredibly strange relationship between these two people and then of course you've got obviously rosalie who really wants a baby and that is one of her and obviously talking Mm -hmm. of bridgerton and that kind of era she is from i think early 20th century late 19th century and obviously she dies before she can have a baby and she also really wants to get married and there's yeah. a, this really gruesome death, which is a gangrape is implied. Yeah. And so she doesn't get that. And that's why she obviously is so attached to the baby when the baby comes. And then that kind of gets taken away from her. And that's kind of brushed under the carpet. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> that's really sad. It's quite traumatic. All over yeah. The world, isn't it? So, I mean, so much of this like specific trope is to do with like the traditional values of what that what society like pressed on women like we're talking about regency yeah. um dramas and stuff and like that was that the full expectation is that you marry when you're young and you you put out as many children as you know the, the early sansa in game of thrones that's the expectation of like regency women yeah and i thought it's interesting with with the more modern stuff because I, I do think this is a trope that is disappearing or, or at least evolving to make more sense. It's, yeah. uh, I think it's spreading so that male characters can also, you know, their arc can conclude with uh, a, a sort of happily ever after in that way. But it's interesting to look at um, the modern characters and, and then say, okay, th- is the issue, is the biggest issue that they are letting the traditional values override the character and their development? So if we took mm-hmm. someone like, since we're talking about Twilight, if we took someone like Bella, do you guys feel with the, you know, the buildup of the first books, uh, do you think that it was her character always sort of wanted to have a baby and this was the culmination of her character arc? Mm, that's tough because she does, depends if you believe what she says over what's in her head. And when something's written in first person, that's obviously nuanced writing is the mask you present to other people versus what's in your head and she tells us on quite a few occasions that she's fairly against marriage and having a baby because her family were broken up by it and she believes quite strongly that the reason her her mom was a free spirit and she left because she was trapped in this small town that's something she says to her dad in the first book when she's leaving so that he won't come after her to really hurt his feelings because she's horrible and charlie is a precious angel that must be protected at all costs (laughs) and um so i don't know if she did 
always want one. It was it was Edward that said, I, I cannot Edward, be with yeah. you if we're not married. I am traditional, as he says it. I'm yeah. old school, as he puts yeah. it to the dad when, of course, he's asking if she's a virgin. And it's like, oh, is that an old thing? No, no, literally, he won't touch me until we are married. Um, and then, of course, he hates the baby when it's inside her because it's really hurting her and killing her and of course not even bringing into it like having a baby is always dangerous to some mm -hmm. extent whether you are a vampire slash woman hybrid or whatever it may be so i'm not sure if that is just switch and of course i you know obviously got to mention about stephanie mayer was a mormon or was in the mormon community uh, um no so way. you wonder about yeah. if that's come into it i believe she's not but i do not know enough about it i'm sure i'll be corrected but she was certainly at some point part of the mormon community i know she has kids yeah yeah but but that's interesting though that you're talking about that because i was just thinking about that with the way that um actually is this where the author comes in um and uses yes. them almost as a mouthpiece for their own personal views uh, yeah. uses their characters as a mouthpiece because like a lot of the time um so i have been told personally um well so like just getting a bit real here me and my husband like we're not sure if we want to have kids or not you know we're just not sure and um i've been told so many times by older women like oh you'll change your mind like oh you mm -hmm. should do it now because yeah. if you don't do it now it'll be too late kind of thing and it's like you've got to wonder if these authors are using their characters um to with that opinion almost like oh well she'll do it now because she'll, she'll want to do it later anyway and i'll just put it in the mm -hmm. book um because and they're just make, sort of making an executive decision uh for these young people and it's like it's not always um well not always right and um i i think it it feels jarring in in the hunger games as well because katniss has voiced similarly to bella um you know she didn't want children because the hunger games was around and she didn't want her kids to end up in the hunger games yes and and, and like that's like a theme throughout of it like she's she's so protective over prim her sister and she's mm -hmm. so and she hates the Hunger Games and she hates that she has to put her name in to get more food and stuff more often. Um, and so she she says she'd never do it if, if she'd never have kids if that was going to happen to them. You've worked hard for what you have: your money, your assets, your four hundred one k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to three million dollars in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Um, and I guess like the very end of the trilogy, uh, or the, what is it, a quadrilogy? Um, the, it, you know, the fact that she does have children, I suppose, is supposed to signify that she now feels safe enough to bring children into her world. Yeah. But, um, but the, I don't, so I, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of, it's kind of too much of a U-turn um, because it, it literally just happens like straight away. You don't really. Yeah. For us as the reader, it definitely feels like it happens straight away. And then yeah. if you've got an author that's looking back at, so obviously when we write YA, there aren't many, there are some, there aren't many teenagers writing published YA books, right? So it depends. I think um, the age of the person, do they have children? That must creep into it. And if they're thinking back to their teenage self and yeah. writing this epic journey, and they're thinking, where would they want to end up? Well, I'm very happy. I've sold a very successful book. I have exactly. lots of money. I have a lovely yeah. husband and, and three wonderful children. So yeah. that's what I'm going to do. Exactly. So mm. you do wonder if maybe that creeps in because it's like, well, I ended up wanting children, yeah. even though I was a bit rebellious or whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I'm happy, so they will be too. Like, yes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 
or it's you know or it's the the male character projects their desire to have children onto the female character yeah like it's just like okay but I, I possibly Peter does that too because yeah he's like because they gender because Suzanne Collins gender flips them really like um Katniss is the strong protector and, and Peter is kind of weak um in the sense that uh, <laughs> he's a bit of a drip let's be honest <laughs> oh my god can he decorate a pastry like, yeah and god. he's like, like, apologist he over here stuff, you know? <laughs> Um, and like so he's he's literally kind of more of the homemaker and Katniss is okay. the hunter gatherer and yeah. so y- you wonder if maybe Peter convinced her to have kids I don't know. yeah we didn't see those scenes you don't okay. see that, yeah. so, that's all yeah. I'm saying Suzanne we need receipts though, okay that, that's another comment on the Hunger Games specifically because it, it does feel very added on in that trilogy and you, kind, does, of, yeah. you kind of wonder did the publisher go listen we're going to need to go into the future here Suzanne and she just kind of paid it lip service because like she doesn't even name the children they're just called the mm. boy and the girl and it's like <laughs> okay so you don't even it's almost like do you even want them there are you just are you just ticking a box here for your publisher because otherwise how would it be open to sequels come on <laughs> yeah. just have oh children. yeah maybe she was sick of writing the hunger games and she didn't want to do it anymore so she's like nope this is the ending they have kids at the end if you want yeah, you can buy the rights off me someone else can write the sequel i didn't even name them so there you go give me my check <laughs> but interesting Hit. oh sorry go on. no you go ahead Oh, okay. But I, I was going to say, like, interesting why we're talking about men um, putting their views onto women. Like, mm. um, I was trying to think of a trilogy where a male main character ends up married and with kids, and the only one I can think of is Harry Potter. Like, yeah, it, it, it more generally happens to women or female characters. Like, it doesn't. I was thinking of them, and it doesn't happen in the Maze Runner. It doesn't really happen in the Loop. Like, I I can't think of another no. big. I've got one for you. Oh, go on. And. Some some might say it's the biggest. Uh, <laughs> Samwise Gamgee in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, is it and I, But I think it's. Um, I think this is actually perfect. Really. Well, some some people would argue he's the hero of Lord of the Rings. But, <laughs> some people <laughs> being. <laughs> but I would say I think it's it's perfectly done with him because mm-hmm. he work. literally from the the start of the Fellowship of the Ring. He's talking about this other halfling that he fancies. He's like, he doesn't want to leave the Shire. He kind of goes begrudgingly and the whole time through all three books, all the way in, like literally on the top of, when they're on the top of Mount Doom, he's talking to Frodo about them going back to the Shire and how great it's going to be and how they're going to, how he's going to settle down and have such Mm. a wonderful time. Yeah. And like, so when he, when he does do it and when that's the sort of in the, in one of the hundred epilogues of Lord of the Rings. (laughs) You're like, yeah, of course. Like, of course, he goes and settles down, and he and he marries the the, the halfling and has a has a family and stuff, and it makes perfect sense. And I think yeah. that's perfect that, execution. But it's cheating because well. it's a because he's male. Then, <laughs> it is you know. cheating, so it doesn't count. And then obviously, exactly. although the other option is they can die. Because uh, I yeah. that, like like Triss in um, Divergent. I, I was thought of Triss as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's 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 the route for yeah. That tragically is the route for so many female characters. Yeah. Like you either have your uh, traditional so family right. values or you die. Or yep. you die. That's it. Yeah. Seems other. fair. 
<laughs> the only wow. way. I guess so. We are talking about it's difficult because when we're especially talking about like specifically YA, the heyday yeah. of YA was, of course, about 10 years ago. It's arguable there's stuff that we're not even touching upon that I can't even think of that other people have read that haven't, say, had the huge like movies and stuff. So not everyone knows where this doesn't happen and it is flipped. And that would be really interesting to hear about. But the big examples I can think of from YA's heyday is definitely we need an epilogue where she's married with a baby or she's dead. <laughs> yeah, or, or she has to die. Yeah. And and the the whoever the romantic interest was has to like mourn her. Yeah. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that seems yeah. fair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so in what was what do you guys think in conclusion then? Cuz I do think f- from from me looking into this more, I do think this is something that historically has been very bad. Mm-hmm. And and like going back further than than the sort of YA heyday. I mean, if you especially when you look at movies, when you're looking at movies from like 80s, 90s, uh, a lot of them conclude with whether it's the female lead or female secondary. A lot of them conclude with they have a happy family, they have children, and and then and now they are fulfilled and they've completed life. Congratulations, tick. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, as it's gotten on i do i do think it's improving but but generally i think it's it's kind of similar to lots of the other tropes that we 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 talk about on here because we're not against tropes we don't we don't dislike tropes necessarily mm-hmm. but the problem is that they're, they're often not done right and i think there's absolutely like melissa said earlier there's absolutely nothing wrong i would say it's often like it's a good like uplifting way to conclude a character arc mm-hmm. with any character wanting to have a family and settle down yeah it just has to make sense for their journey yeah. and their arc and so much of the time it just doesn't and especially with female characters yeah, yeah. no i totally agree and i think that especially when you've got a world it's so often you have characters saying they'll die for each other they possibly sometimes do die and are brought back for each other so they're obviously already covering all the i love you as deeply as i can bases and they live in a fantasy or dystopian universe yet there's apparently still traditional man woman marriage and baby and that has to be brought in at the end so i yeah i think when it's fantastical setting as well i'm not sure i'm going to be quite rogue and actually put it on the bad list I'm going to say I don't want any more of these. I'm actually going to say it doesn't really have a place. Yeah. Rogue. <laughs> it's, on, it's on the bad list for me unless yeah. unless it, it is what that character has wanted throughout the entire book. Like, yes, which would yeah. usually be a romance book. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I think you almost get a you almost get a sort of um, get out of jail free card if you're writing romance genre yeah. fiction yeah. with this yeah. because, I mean, it doesn't have to end in babies, but romance as a genre does often lean towards a happily ever after yeah marriage if not marriage like implied that marriage is coming soon very strong relationship yeah Yeah. interestingly while we're talking about the happy ever after thing um publish some romance publishers specifically request a happy ever after like i've seen like a call for open submissions by several of them and you know they want that happy ever after because i think it sells more like yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's going to be continually perpetuated isn't it you know yeah people, so you're going to see pregnancies you're going to see marriage particularly in romance but yeah if it belongs in that genre that's fine but i don't think you should bring it to something else yeah don't wedge um, it in yeah yeah exactly i mean it's like you most rom-coms if you're going to watch a rom-com on, on or read a rom-com mm. you are expecting at least you know two of the characters to end up together and be happy and that's yeah you're experiencing that medium because you want that uplifting feeling at the end so mm-hmm. you know it fits in those kinds of things mm-hmm. 
Well then, I will, oh, what, uh, have you have you seen the new Thor: Love and Thunder? No, <laughs> no, I've because I've been told it's bad. Yeah. Well, whilst it's not the best, okay, it, it does subvert this trope. Oh no way! <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Okay. Thanks for putting up with our nonsense for another episode. To stay tuned to everything we're up to, you can follow the podcast on all socials at The Chosen Tropes. Follow Melissa at Meliva, Naomi at Naomi G. Writes, and Jamie at Jamie X. Greenwood. Don't forget to check out Naomi and Melissa's books, as well as the Right and Wrong podcast. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next trope. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.